Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. To us today, I'm so blessed to have with us today the founding pastor of Lighthouse Church. It started, yeah, yeah, just over a just over 20 years ago, a little closer to 21 years ago, and Pastor Sam and Angie have been doing a phenomenal job leading Lighthouse Church, and um, they have been our biggest cheerleaders and our biggest supporters, and so it's always great to have really the lead pastor, the head voice of this house come and speak to us. So I'm so excited to have them here today. So put your hands together as we welcome at this time my pastor, Pastor Sam. Come and preach to us, Pastor. Thank you. Well, God bless you, everybody. Praise the Lord. So excited to be with you. And let me begin by saying how incredibly proud I am of the amazing work all of you are doing. It really takes a lot of work. It takes a whole team. These things don't just happen. And under the leadership of Pastor Josh and Sister Joanna, just an amazing job. So uh, Lighthouse North County, give yourselves a hand for the amazing work you're doing. It is really amazing and awesome to see so proud of everything that's going on. And uh, I I really want to share from my heart, I I believe that this year, there's something about this year we're going to remember. And I I pray it's the right things. So I want to just share a word God put in my heart. But before we do that, uh, I want us to pray. I I want us to pray that God would open up our hearts, that God would just take away all the noise and all the fog and all the worry and all the fear. And, And we can just allow our heart to receive what God has for us. Are you ready to do that? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your presence here today. We thank you, God, that not only are you here, but you are in every home and you are in every heart. We thank you, God, that you are real. You are a very present help in our time of trouble. And today, God, we thank you. We welcome you into our hearts. We welcome you into our homes, into our living rooms, and our cars, wherever we may find ourselves. We recognize, God, that you are an amazing, awesome God, that you are everywhere, that you are above all things. And we pray today, God, that you would speak to our hearts, that you give us exactly what we need that we may be able, God, to thrive in this season. And for all the amazing things you have in store for us, we give you praise as we declare this in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody say in Jesus' name. Come on, give God praise one more time if you know he's good. So throughout this season, we've been saying that crazy as 2020 has been, and it's been seven months, hard to believe, of, of masks and social distancing and staying at home and dealing with kids more than you need to and all the things that come with COVID. And in the midst of all of this, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, we wish we knew when it ends. We, we wish we knew how it stops. We, we wish we knew how it gets cured. There, there's so much uncertainty. And, you know, if you're a normal person, you don't like, I don't like uncertainty. I like to know. But there's one thing about uncertainty that's powerful, and that is, it is in uncertainty that it gives the birthplace to faith. In other words, if there's no uncertainty, you don't need faith. If you know exactly what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, if everything's on schedule in your life, and I want to talk to some of you that are so used to like everything working perfectly, you don't need faith. You don't need faith if everything works like a clock. It's an uncertainty that you learn to trust God. It is an uncertainty you learn to depend on God. And so we've been saying throughout this season 
that it is God's desire, it is God's desire that each and every one of us would rise above our fears, our challenges, and our failures to reach our full potential in every area of our lives. It is God's heart, God's desire, our Heavenly Father's desire that each and every one of us, regardless of your situation, that we would rise above our fears. We all have them. Our challenges, we've all been there. And our failures, we've all messed up. That we would rise above them so we would reach our full potential in every single area of our lives. Let's remember a couple things. God is above all. God is not affected by what's going on down here. God is so above everything. He, he's God all by himself. He is sovereign. He doesn't have to ask anybody permission to do what he wants to do. He's God all by himself. He's a powerful God. He is everywhere. He is with us. So, so not only is God above everything, he wants us as his children to be confident in him, to have faith in him, to, to be able to know that not only is he God by himself, but he wants us to rise above with him. See, God didn't just come to die for us and, and, and go back to heaven and wish us good luck. He came, he died, but not only did he, did he rise from the grave, he, he came to rise us up from our mess. He, he came to lift us up from our trouble. And, and so it is the will of God that not only us understand that he's above everything, he wants us to believe enough, to trust enough, to have faith enough, to rise with him above everything that's going on in our lives. I believe even in this crazy, crazy year 2020 that there's breakthrough and victory for God's people. Amen. And it really begins on the inside. This is an inside job. Think about next year. Think about looking at 2020 and COVID like in the rearview mirror. So let me fast forward a year in your life. What would you have wished a year from now that you would have done right now so that this would have ended better for us. So, so let me say it this way. When COVID ends, when the pandemic stops, when all this craziness ends, some people are going to come out ahead and some people are going to come out behind. Some people are going to come out in better shape physically. A few, but some. And a lot of people are going to come out in worse physical shape because of COVID. Some people are gonna get closer to God. And some people are gonna get farther from God. Some people's faith is gonna go through the roof and some people's faith is gonna get lost. Is it gonna be COVID that decides? No, it's you, it's me. We decide how this ends for us. So, so what a year from now, what are you going to wish you would have done while in it that would make the outcome better for you? That's what we're talking about breakthrough and victory, sort of, they're an inside job. It's in your heart. It's in your faith. It's, it's, it's to become aware of God's power so they can feed our faith. And that faith creates confidence in his word, in his promises, in his faithfulness. God wants us to be confident right now. This is not the time for the church of the living God to be moping and, and quiet and, and crying and, and, and stop it's going to sound weird. Stop praying for things you should be doing. Let's just do some things. Let's just put our faith in action and begin to do the things that God wants us to do. Let me share a couple of scriptures with you. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him 
who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. To him, unto him who is able. Can I remind you God is able. Whatever's going on in your life, he's able to do. Whatever you need, he's able to provide. Well, whatever you need, God becomes. When Moses asked him, what's your name? He says, I am. What does that mean? I am means I become. Whatever you need, I can be that. He's the original transformer. He can become whatever you need. You need peace, he becomes peace. You need strength, he becomes strength. You need confidence, he becomes everything you need unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask think or imagine I don't know but I got a big imagination I can imagine big things he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above beyond anything we ask think or imagine how does that happen according to the power that works in us in other words if there's a limitation here it's not him if, it's a, if there's a limitation, if I'm not seeing God doing big things in my life, it's not him, it's me. I need to trust, I need to believe, I need to have confidence, I need to push, I need to strive, I need to go forth and conquer in the name of Christ. So unto him who is able to do, God is able, there's nothing my God cannot do. Unto him who is able to do all these things. Now, if you really believe that, why should we be worried? Why should we be complaining? Why, why should we go through life? Oh my God, oh, the devil's after me. You should be after the devil. He's able. So, so let, let's establish that God is able. There is nothing our God cannot do. Now that said, sometimes life is tough. Sometimes life just hits you hard. Sometimes life's not fair. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Sometimes we have no answers. Sometimes we don't know where it came from. And so sometimes there's uncertainty. Sometimes there's setbacks. Like, like things didn't work out exactly the way you planned. Sometimes we just make mistakes. If you ever messed up, say amen. It's the easiest amen you'll ever get in church. We mess up. We make mistakes. We're not perfect. We say the dumbest things. We, we do the wrong things. And, and so sometimes life's not fair. But even when, when things don't work out, your, your kids are acting up, your spouse is acting up, your boss is acting up, the world, the dog, everything's acting up and nothing's working. Even when, when nothing is working and it seems like the world is upside down. Can I remind you through it all, you are still a child of God. You are still his, his hands still over your head. Now, let me share this. Psalms 139.5. I love Psalms 139.5. Check this out. He says this to God. You, talking to God, you go before me and you follow me. You go, you go before me, you lead me so I know where to go. But even when I fall, you're still coming behind me too. So, so sometimes I'm, have you ever followed God and tripped? Like you're going the right way, but you still trip. Some of you are tripping. You know, you're, 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 going, you're still in charge, but you're tripping. You're, you're going the right direction, but you're slowing down. You're, you're doing good, but, but somehow you, you're just, you just fall down. You're not paying attention. You get distracted. So, so here's God. God goes before you. Psalms 139.5 says, you go before me and you follow me. 
Isn't it, good, isn't it good to know that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you are with me? Isn't it good to know that his goodness and his mercy shall follow me when I make mistakes? He doesn't point the finger. People do that. But, you know, God picks you up. You go before me and you follow me. And then he says, you place your hand of blessing on my head. Even when I'm messing up, your hand of blessing is upon my head. Even when my faith is low, your hand of blessing is upon my head. I wish every child of God right now would understand that whatever's going on in your life doesn't change the fact that his hand of blessing is upon you right now, watching over you, protecting you, giving you strength, giving you cover. That's the God we So why should we be afraid? Why should we cower at the circumstances that come our way? Why should we shrink in a moment where it could be great for the kingdom of God? 2020 ought to be an awesome year for the church. God is trying to encourage us to be confident. Romans 8, 28, and we know, and we know, you, you need to know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And we know that in all things, the good, the bad, and the ugly, even when things don't seem to go our way, even when life seems to just smack you in the face, even when it seems like everything's falling apart, even when it seems like all your dreams are crumbling and all your plans are falling off and all your best friends are walking away, when it seems like nothing is working, we know that in all things, God works. God works. I think the church ought to work too. I mean, if God's working, we ought to work. And all things God works for the good of those who love him. All you got to do is love him. That's it. Just love God. Just love God through everything. He works all things for his good for those who have been called according to his purpose. We've been called. Now, can I remind you, child of God, you've been called. You didn't just show up. You didn't crash this party. You didn't come in through the back door unannounced. You, you didn't show up to church one day and God's like, who's she? No, you've been called. And can I get all the parents? All the parents say amen. amen. I, don't know people, I don't know about you. When I, when I call my kids, there's a purpose to the call. Yeah. I love my kids, but I never say, come here. Samantha, come here. What, dad? Oh, nothing. <laughs> That'd be weird. When I call them, there's something I want them to do. There's something I know they can do. So when I call them, there's purpose to the call. If God has called you, he didn't just call you to sit around. He didn't just call you to feel sorry for yourself. He didn't just call you to cower in the midst of challenge. He called you with purpose because he knows you got what it takes to be more than a conqueror. He knows that it's in you. The power of God is in us. So when God calls, there's purpose to the call. We know that God works through all things for the good of them who love him who have been called according to his purpose. We love him, and we've been called. We're, we're supposed to be here. You're supposed to be here right now. You're supposed to be doing what you're doing for the kingdom right now. This didn't catch God by surprise. You've been called to do exactly what you're doing if you're doing it. And if you're not doing it, let me remind you, God didn't just call you to sit and look cute. God didn't just call you to be pretty. God didn't just call you to hang out. God didn't just call you to criticize and point the finger and see what everybody's messing up. God called you to do something. It's time for every part of the body of Christ to rise up and do what God has called us to do. So we go through life and 
stuff happens and mistakes get made and we get discouraged and we fall down and the enemy comes and attacks and, and somehow our faith begins to soften. Our faith begins to falter. We begin to question. You are questioned, God. It's okay to say yes, even if it's silent. Sometimes like, what, what are you doing, God? This makes no sense. I'm one of the good ones. I, I actually prayed three days ago when I ate. You know, we, we feel like, I'm so holy. Why is this happening to me? I, I, I am so anointed. I am so righteous. I am so good. God, why? Why? Why do the wicked prosper? We can get to a place where we could get very, very, very sorry for ourselves. Why me? It's not fair. It's not right. In the middle of all that testing, remember that God has called us. And God didn't just call you to barely make it. God didn't just call you to barely hang on. You know, like, like some of us are, are, are hoping that we can just like, you know, I, I know Padre season's over, but you know, you, you're hoping you can just slide into heaven. Like barely. Like you, 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 expect, you expect Peter to go safe. Like you made it barely. You beat it. You beat the tag. But a, a millisecond. No, no, no. Can, 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 we, can we get that out of our head and say, you know, I, I'm not going to slide into heaven. I'm going to march into heaven with my head up high knowing that, that I've done my part because I want to hear God say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not well thought. Not well said. Well done. Done. You got it done. You rolled up your sleeves and you fulfilled your purpose. You did what I called you to do. That's why it's so awesome to have the dream team here. You're the doers. There'd be no church online if it wasn't for the... You all, you all, you all that are watching right now, you got to give a hand right now. And you better give a little comment on the little, a little, a little comment section, a little emoji, a little thumbs up, a little thank you uh, to the camera person, to the light person, to the sound person, to everybody that's here. There'd be no church if it wasn't for people working. Give God praise that people are doing the will of God. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Get it done. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, get it done. God wants us to rise above. He's God, yes. But you know, here's the awesome thing about God. Even though we were dead in our sins, he, he didn't just leave us there. He, he didn't just walk away from us. Even though... We had no business being saved. I don't know how good you are. I'm pretty good. There's no way I get to heaven by myself. Not even close for all of us have sinned. Let, let, let's just even the playing field. Even people that have titles and the Pope and the bishops all have sinned. And we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Had it not been for God... None of us would have a shot at salvation. But here's what I love about God. Here's what I love about God. Ephesians 2.6. Actually, if you read Ephesians 2, if you get, I'll give you a little homework. Read Ephesians 2, first five verses. Talks about how our life used to be in sin. And how we were dead in our sins. And how by nature we were sinful. How by nature we were tilted towards sin. And, and, and you know, you can see that with little babies. Aren't little babies cute? I mean, little angels. <laughs> Until you take the little lollipop away. 
right? But what happens when you tell a little cute little angelic one-year-old to share their toy? What's the first word children learn to say? It's not mom, it's not dad, it's not God, it's not Jesus Christ, my Savior. What do they say? Mine, mine. And they say with anger and authority and selfish. Who taught them that? You know who taught them that? Their nature. We're selfish by nature. We, we have to learn to be nice. We have to learn to share. All of us, some of us still need to learn to share. <laughs> we're, still, we're still battling with that. So, so our nature is tilted towards sin. We have to work at getting better and overcoming some of these tendencies. So, so, so the, the first couple of verses of Ephesians 2 talk about how we were dead in our sins and, and how it, it was really the, the influence of the enemy working in the hearts of men producing disobedience towards God. You ever wonder where disobedience comes from? It has a source. Just like God is the source of love and God is the source of every good thing, there's a source also for some of these evil, ugly things. They come from the enemy. So he's talking about how we were all dead in sin. We were all kind of subject to the passions of our flesh and all of that. But then in verse 6, he says a beautiful thing. The apostle Paul tells the church, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ. You know, you know why we make a big deal out of Resurrection Sunday? It's not, I mean, it's obviously because Jesus rose. Because if he doesn't rise, then the whole thing doesn't work. So it, it kind of hinges on that, right? The fact that he rose from the dead established that he said that he was who he said he was. So that's all good for Jesus. But here's the even better part for all of us. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ. In other words, when Christ rises from the dead, guess what happens? All of us get access to the same resurrection power. Matter of fact, the Bible says that same power that rose Christ from the dead, that same power is in us. That same power is available to us. You and I are born again because he rose from the grave. So the next resurrection Sunday, don't just say, thank you, Jesus, that you rose. Say, thank you, Jesus, that because you rose, I can rise to a new life. I have a chance to get to heaven because of what you did. So, for he raised us from the dead, yeah. along with Christ, we, we tagged along. We rode his coattails, that's all right. He did it first and we follow. So, so he raised us from the dead, along with Christ. That's why we're saved. Grace and mercy came, not because of what we did. They came because of what Jesus did. We are saved by grace. We don't deserve it. We haven't, you cannot earn it. Stop trying. I used to try to earn it. I was taught to earn it. And I was taught to learn who wasn't earning it right. I know who you are. You know, I, I, was, I was taught to judge. I didn't learn grace till I was a grown man. I, really, I, I never heard much about grace. I, I felt like I had to earn it. And God forbid I take a wrong step because, oh, it's over. You got to go back to, you know, do not cross go, do not collect 200, you know, back in the Monopoly day. You, you just, you're done. We're saved by grace. He gives us mercy. Grace, he gives us great things we don't deserve and can't earn. Mercy, he doesn't give us what we have and do deserve, which is damnation. So, so grace and mercy kind of work a, a great tactic. So, so he raised us from the dead along with Christ. But here's the part that's amazing. Not only do we have a new life, not only are our sins forgiven, not only do we have a chance at heaven, but here's the amazing thing. He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. 
because we are united with Christ. He raised us from the grave, gives us a new life, and then he says, no, don't stay there though. Now that you're alive spiritually, don't stay down there. Come up here. I want you to sit with me in the heavenly realms. I got no business up there. I can't even breathe. That, that's way too holy for me. But he, he, see, he sanctifies us. It is his righteousness that kind of gives me the oxygen I need to live in a better place. So, so he raised us from the dead. And then he wants us. In other words, he already paid the price. He already made a way. He already did everything so that you and I, imperfect and messed up people as we may be, that we can sit with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. He seated us. Past tense. It's done. It's already happened. You don't have to earn it. He gave it to us. It's already there. Okay. So, so if, you're, if you're down here, that's by choice because you got a ticket to be up here. You know, I know in church is different. Like, like back when we used to go to church buildings, the safest seat in a church is typically right in the front. I don't get that. It's like it's a splash zone or something like, like SeaWorld back in the, back in the day. Like, like, like the, the middle section is empty at church. But if you were going to a concert, if you're going to see your favorite artist, if you were going to see your favorite play, what ticket would you want? Those are the most expensive tickets, right? Because they get you closer. So something's backward in our heart. If anything's empty, it'll be in the back, not in the front. So, so when we come back to church, fill the front up. He already... He already gave us the ticket yes. to sit in heavenly realms. We don't have, so, so, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I want to just finish with this because I, I think it's important that we understand. Here's the implication of this. So when we are united with Christ, when we say united with Christ, not only is it the best thing we can do in our lives, as we keep honoring God, as we keep serving God, as we stay connected with God, he has guaranteed us a seat, a position where honestly, the, the enemy really can't reach you. If I'm united with Christ, if I'm sitting in the heavenly realms with Christ because I'm united with him, then a, a lifestyle of sin, I'm not talking about the one occasional mess up, we all have those. I'm talking about a lifestyle of sin. We can get, we ought to get to a place where a lifestyle of habitual sin is so beneath us. Yeah. I don't want that. Right. I, I mean, if you're sitting in the front, why would you go to the back? Yeah. If you're already close to the greatest place you can be in life, why, why would you go to the back? We have been called by God. Said differently, God has placed us in a position where we can be victorious. That's the will of God. It is God's desire that we would rise above our fears and our challenges and our failures. That is his will. How does he do it? He already did it. So it is his desire that we would take our place. So in 2020, church, North County campus, child of God, 2020, take your place. Your 
place. Stop sitting down here. Stop messing with stuff. You have no business. That, that, that ought to be beneath you. You're a child of God. We have greater things to do. We have a kingdom to advance. We have a calling to fulfill. We have a world to save. We have an anointing to spread all over this world. There is a world that needs Jesus more than ever before. It is time for the church of God. It is time for every child of God to take our place and say, God, I'm done being down here. I'm going to take my place. I'm a child of God. I'm with him. I'm with him. I'm in the party. So I want to encourage you today. Whatever's going on, whatever's gone on, whatever's happened, doesn't change the fact that you are a child of God. And you already paid the price so you can be seated in the heavenly realms above a lifestyle. This is beneath us. Let's rise above. And let's be and let's become everything God wants us to be. Don't let the trouble and the fear and the challenge and the uncertainty of the world around you change who you are. It doesn't change God and it shouldn't change you. Because we're connected with him. So right now I want to pray for every one of us. God wants you to take your place. God wants you to take your place. You are a child of God. You've been saved, you've been forgiven, you've been sanctified, you've been filled with the Spirit, you've been anointed, and you've been called for an amazing purpose. Take your place. So God, we come before you today. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your awesome grace and mercy. We thank you for loving us so much that even when we had no chance, even when we were so far from you, even when we turned our home back to you, you never quit. You never gave up. You kept calling our name. You kept chasing after us. We thank you for the reminder that you go before us and you go behind us. We thank you that right here, right now, your hand of blessing is upon our heads. So let the church of God arise with power and authority. Let us take our place and change this world for the glory of your name. Use us, God, the gifts, the talents, the abilities you have given us. And help us to make a difference. And for all the amazing things that you will do... As we take our place as your children in this world, we will give you the honor, the glory, the credit, and the praise for you alone deserve it. We declare this by faith in 2020 in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Take your place. God bless you. We love you, church. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.